Broadcasting from the heartland of America in the Hoosier Media Network Studios. The next generation in conservative talk radio. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Along with us here for another wonderful weekend. And I'm telling you, again, we are the ones breaking news with things happening on the weekend. So if you're with us, then it's great to have you along for the ride. Bottom of this hour, we have Richard Lyons. He's been a great guest on the program many times before for our weekday program. He is author of two books, The DNA of Democracy and Shadows of the Acropolis. And he's going to be talking about how corrupt is Washington, D.C. or government institutions at all. And could we see something that hasn't been done, at least in a while, of the bringing back of assassinations of political leaders in order to keep power. Is that a cause for concern, and how do we relate it to today's time? So we'll have some fun talking with him about that. I'm sure that he also has some fascinating points with what's going on over in Israel and uh, whatnot right now as well. That being said, I don't want to waste any time. There's more news that is coming out of Israel as we roll through the weekend right now as there is a full-out assault, tanks being captured. There was thousands of people that have been injured, hundreds that have been killed, numerous Tens of individuals that have been uh, taken hostage from the Palestinians in the Gaza Strip. For those that are just trying to wonder what the heck's going on in the world right now. What's trending today? So according to the latest, as we look at live updates, hat tip to CNN on this one, although I don't like to give them credit for much. They are on top of some of this. The latest has been the Israeli government has extended a, quote, special security situation across the territory, enabling their Israel Defense Forces, the IDF, providing security instructions to many civilians in the area as they continue to push off the Palestinians with the ongoing conflict over there. Now, on the home front here in the United States, the question is, how did we allow this to get to this point? Andy, we're not over there. It's not our probability. Well, we're still tied pretty closely. And with the relations that we have with Israel, the tension that we have with Iran, the tensions that we have with Palestine, the lack of support that we've shown over the years for Israel because of our left-wing progressive government officials right now with Ilhan Omar, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, most of the Democrat caucus, including our very own President Joe Biden. He did make a statement this weekend saying that he would be giving aid to whatever's necessary for Israel, saying this. Today, the people of Israel are under attack, orchestrated by a terrorist organization. Hamas. In this moment of tragedy, I want to say to them and to the world, in the terrorist everywhere, the United States stands with Israel. We will not ever fail to have their back. We'll make sure they have the help their citizens need and they can continue to defend themselves. You know, the world's seen appalling images. Thousands of rockets in the space of hours raining down on Israeli cities. I got up this morning and started this at 7.38 o'clock. My calls, Hamas terrorists crossing in Israel, killing not only Israeli soldiers, but Israeli civilians. In the street, in their homes, innocent people murdered, wounded, entire families taken hostage by Hamas. Just days after Israel marked the holiest of days in the Jewish calendar. It's unconscionable. It is unconscionable, and it's very scary. Thoughts and prayers go out to the country of Israel, and we absolutely stand with that nation of Israel being the largest, strongest ally that they have, which is us here in the United States of America. Now, there has been response already from many Republican leaders here in our country saying that the Donald, or I'm sorry, the Joe Biden administration 
is to blame for a lot of this by giving the near $6 billion to the Iranian government that they believe has may have been used to purchase a lot of these weapons to use in support with Palestine in order for this assault to happen uh, between the Iranian government, the Russian government that could potentially be involved as well with the support that Israel has given to the Ukraine. We could be seeing the beginning of an international conflict that could grow pretty substantially pretty quickly. So that is a cause for concern. Uh, right now, we don't know that. It's unsubstantiated right now, but at least we have an idea because there's always been the squabbling for, for this to happen at this time of weakness for Israel, at this time of weakness for the United States. The things that make you go, hmm, and we may be supporting Israel, and I hope that we do, but let's remember what led up to this point and how we could have unfortunately been part of aiding and abetting the enemy that led to this catastrophe as well. During this time of attack, though, as we mentioned, it happened during the weakness of the Israeli government. The attack on Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, the uncertainty of where the structure of their government actually lays. And it's a cause for concern, at least for me, for the red flag to pop up and say, hey, wait a second. America's going through something similar right now, too, aren't we? We have a Donald. Uh, we have a I keep wanting to say Donald Trump because I want Donald Trump in there right now. He's the one that created the Abraham Accords. He's the one that actually created the most amount of peace in the region for decades because of his Abraham Accords. We need him back in. And I want to say President Donald Trump's got this handle. Don't worry, folks. But it's not right now. We have a Joe Biden that can't remember his name. We have a vice president that's a complete disaster. The lowest approval ratings of any vice president that we've seen in a long time, if not ever, in the history of this nation. And we have a speaker of the House that's supposed to be third in command who's completely MIA. They are gone. And obviously, we have a big vote coming up here in our country this next week. And that gets us into our Week in Review. It's your Week in Review. So as we recap this last week, looking at our vote from the speakers of uh, choice, Matt Gates from the state of Florida, coming out and initiating the vote to oust Kevin McCarthy, a speaker of the House, they ended up passing it. And I have to admit, I was a bit surprised that this vote actually happened and that it was actually successful with eight Republicans joining Democrats on this side. Now, that being said, Andy, those eight Republicans are conservative. No, they actually were the conservatives. They just have different ulterior motives. The conservatives were upset because Kevin McCarthy was going back and trying to backtrack on promises that he had made. Kevin McCarthy had promised conservatives one thing while promising moderates another, while promising Democrats another, while promising the Biden administration another. And unfortunately, you can't appease everyone. Didn't they teach you that when you were growing up? Never try to make everybody happy, because if you try to make everybody happy, then you're going to be unhappy and you're going to make nobody happy because you can't fulfill and appease everyone. Welcome aboard to talk radio because conservatives, you're either not conservative enough, you're too conservative, and Democrats just hate you altogether. So I <laughs> I really don't care about trying to appease many people anymore. We just say what's on our mind, and if people enjoy it, then we appreciate it. If not, you're still listening, and I know you are. But Kevin McCarthy, his chickens came home to roost, so to speak. And not that I necessarily agreed with the ousting, but I understood the frustration that conservatives had because of what was being done. We talk about it a lot. We're dorks on this program and talk a lot about economics and finances. I am sick and tired of having continuing resolutions. I'm sick and tired of having a federal government run in a bloated omnibus package where we have to pass it to see what's in it. I'm sick and tired of our budget going up every single year. And when we saw this continuing resolution pass after a summer of not doing anything on it, and then we passed this at the same spending levels that this year, 
that Republicans said they wouldn't support, but they had to do it or else the government's going to shut down and we're all going to die because of that. Then enough was enough. And that's what Matt Gates said. Enough is enough. And we're not going to take that any longer. So he put up the vote and eight conservatives ended up supporting it. Democrats did it just because they can. They enjoy the infighting from Republicans. And as we look at the weakness or at least the off-guardness or the vulnerability that the country of Israel had with this attack, we're so focused on infighting here in the United States. When is the next attack going to be here in the United States? We have such a massive migration problem at the southern border right now that even Joe Biden is looking at trying to continue building a wall because he realizes he can't win an election with migrants flooding in and ruining even his own liberal progressive cities that are advocating for shutting down the border because they can't handle any more migrants coming to their communities. When your own party and your own elected officials from your side that agree with you politically are advocating for you to stop the madness because the social experiment has failed, here's your sign. So the Biden administration now looking at trying to continue to build that wall. He's getting obvious backlash from the uh, progressives on the other side of the aisle. And we're seeing massive infighting right now. So where are we at with the speaker vote? According to Republicans in the House of Representatives, who, yes, still have a majority. It may be slim, but it's a majority nonetheless. The vote apparently is going to take place on Wednesday this week. We have a few different nominees, a few people that have officially thrown their hat in the ring. And we'll see where we play out. We have Steve Scalise, which is the House uh, House Majority Leader, and a relatively decent conservative. I would be okay with him. We've had him on the program. He's a fantastic guy. I enjoy him. Uh, it, uh, let me backtrack a little bit, though. If one of these happens, I would be okay with it. And in hindsight now, I think we're in an opportunity for at least the opportunity, not for sure, but the opportunity for Republicans to at least unify, because my biggest concern was when we removed Kevin McCarthy, if we can't vote enough to stand on our ground, dig our heels in the sand and fight for a budget, what makes us say we're going to unify to vote for a more conservative speaker of the House? That was my concern. I mean, we had not very many Republicans, in fact, 90 Republicans only out of the 220 that we have, 221, 223 in our caucus in the House right now. Actually, only 90 of them vote against the continuing resolution for the budget. I mean, the rest of them like, oh, sure, yeah, more spending. Why the heck not? Let's just keep it going. We, uh, we can't shut down the government. So we have a massive division on what direction we're supposed to be going in this nation. Ousting Kevin McCarthy was a major concern of what that's going to lead to. It led to a major concern of who's going to take that spot, because obviously we can't go further to the right. We don't have enough numbers. Are we going to go Democrat? Because I see some of the moderate, squishy rhino Republicans supporting a moderate Democrat as opposed to someone more conservative. But, but as we go through this process, it seems like I'm becoming more optimistic because right now the two main names that have popped out for this have been Steve Scalise, who has announced after supporting Kevin McCarthy tenfold, has officially jumped in to potentially take Speaker of the House seat, and Jim Jordan. Congressman from the state of Ohio, who also supported 110% Kevin McCarthy, but now has officially jumped into that run for Speaker of the House. And honestly, I would be okay with either one of them because they are both solid conservatives, wonderful individuals, and I think they would be firebrands to really stand their ground and push back on the progressives in the U.S. Senate. There is a third name that's lingering out there. Now, he has not officially said he wants it, but has said that he would accept it if it were voted upon. 
which is former President Donald Trump. Now, <laughs> um, uh, Chad, jump on here for a minute because I'm trying to process that one. He's running for president. He's got four indictments in court cases nonstop. And we want to put Donald Trump in as Speaker of the House. I don't know, honestly, as much as I enjoy Donald Trump, I don't know how much that could potentially help us. But we have congressional leaders, including Marjorie Taylor Greene, that as of the end of the week on Friday said that the only person that she would vote for is Donald Trump. She wouldn't vote for Jim Jordan. She wouldn't vote for Steve Scalise. She wouldn't vote for any other potential candidate right now until she gets swayed upon somehow, a.k.a. making backdoor deals. But the only person that she would support is Donald Trump. Now, what would Donald Trump benefit, Chad, do you think, by being Speaker of the House? Well, let's just say that there's a presidential place that he may be able to get into just by being the the Speaker. So you're thinking if he becomes Speaker, he wouldn't have to go through the election that there would be a removal of Biden and Kamala Harris and him work his way up through that way. You said it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I mean, I, I that would be interesting. That would definitely be interesting. I would have to ponder that one. But I don't know. As much as I enjoy Donald Trump, I don't know that I would want him to be Speaker of the House. We'll continue this conversation when we come back. What the votes so. may look like, how we're kind of working on the angle of the Republican caucus, and can we unify the Republicans going into a new Speaker of the House vote? Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It's your Patriot on the Prairie. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Broadcasting out of the heart of the nation, the Patriot on the Prairie here out of the great state of Kansas all over the country. We start right in the middle and we branch all out. What does uh, Joe Biden say? From the bottom up in the middle out. Well, we're definitely from the middle out here on this program, although for an entirely different reason. And I'm not talking about my waistline. Aha! See what I did there? That's called a joke. By the way, over the break, I did get an email from the Israeli Defense Security Forum as they have released a statement regarding the attacks on Israel right now. And I want to read directly from this. This is from their Brigadier General Amir Avivi. I, I think I pronounced that right. Quote, the Israel, uh, Israel Defense and Security Forum is appalled by the heinous attack on Israel. This unprecedented terror attack must generate an unprecedented Israeli response. Everything that Israel has done in the past 20 years was not enough Israel must now destroy the Hamas leadership and all of its capabilities. Israel needs to fundamentally alter the situation in Gaza, sending a resounding message that Hamas will not survive this audacious attack on Israel. This is not just a battle between Israel and Hamas. It is a war with Iran. Israel is defending itself against Iran. Iran has committed Hamas to a suicide mission to prevent the U.S.-Israel-Sunni alliance and peace in the Middle East. Every single building used by Iran and Hamas for war is a civilian building. Iran and Hamas are intentionally exposing their own civilians to become martyrs against every single country uh, counter-strike by Israel. That was from the Israeli Defense Security Forum that I just received in, uh, in the email over the break. And it's absolutely true. Now, you know what's going to happen again is that we're going to have the progressives. They're going to be out there. And when Israel says enough is enough, 
We've defended ourselves. I mean, they've had their iron wall that's been pretty staunch and pretty strong for the last couple of decades with the ongoing missiles that every single day, every single night, we don't even think about it over here, get attacked, get shot over into Israel, and they continue to defend it and, and stop them. They're ongoing. They're always on alert. They always have to fight this, and enough is enough. When they do this, this is now a declaration of war, and therefore they need to be destroyed. Their leadership needs to be dismantled, and the United States, as much as I'm one of those conservatives and libertarians that does not want to get involved in otherworldly issues, they are our biggest ally. They are one of our strongest allies. They're one of our most important allies, as that gives us any type of say and influence in the Middle East at all to try and keep the peace, as the Abraham Accords have done, we need to be assisting, in my opinion, in the dismantling of the Palestinian government in Hamas and the uh, buddying up that they've done with the country of Iran to try and dismantle Israel. It's not going to work. Israel has been holding back. And that's what I don't think a lot of progressives that are against Israel understand is that they're not the evil, vicious ones just taking land and just sitting there and just trying to hold their own. They've been holding back. They could wipe out these enemies very quickly. They're very, very strong, thankfully, with our aid and with our help. And they're about to unleash their full strength. And we're going to see what that unfolds and looks like over the next few days. Real quickly, wrapping up the Speaker of the House vote before we have our guest at the bottom of the hour, uh, I want you to ponder on who you may support. There are some. Now, remember, just like the votes or the 15 different votes that we had in January when we voted in Kevin McCarthy and the ongoing battle there, we've now broken another record. It was the first time in over 100 years that we had more than one vote for the speaker. And now for the first time in U.S. history, we've removed our speaker of the House, the weakness and the lack of leadership that we're seeing right now. It only takes a few Republicans to not unify for us to not get the candidate in that we need. So while we have Marjorie Taylor Greene out there saying the only person I'm going to vote for is Donald Trump for Speaker of the House, I don't know that that's necessarily helping the cause right now. We have a very slim margin. And do you really want a conservative movement to lead to the destruction of the Republicans and to the unifying of Democrats and for a Democrat minority in the House representatives to get the Speaker of the House? I don't know about you, but I think that's going the opposite direction. So while we have conservatives trying to do what's right and standing on principle, let's make it actually count. Let's do something here. Jim Jordan would be a fantastic Speaker of the House. Steve Scalise would be a fantastic Speaker of the House. I'm okay with either of them. Republicans, you have a rare opportunity to show unity, to show strength, and for us to finally put our foot down and fight for something and make some real changes in Washington, D.C. Lots more coming up. Stay here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed, it is on the home stretch last half hour of the program. Oh, how it flies on by way too fast. Hey, real quick, I want to tell you about my friends over at Americans for Prosperity. As you know, they've been doing their summer-long tour of Bidenomics and Bidenomics' broken campaign. The summer may be wrapping up, but the campaign doesn't end because, obviously, we're still battling the inflation. We're seeing massive inflation across the nation right now. And can you believe it? Just because the jobs report comes out saying that we have more jobs in the nation, Joe Biden's out there saying, well, Bidenomics is working. Yeah, your shoe's untied there, buddy. I'm telling you, Operation Joe Biden falls down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe 
is underway from the Democrat Party right now, and it's only going to get worse. It's time for us to unleash economic progress across the nation because it's just harder for you and I to buy the essentials. And no matter what the government tries to tell us, it's not working. We can see it with our own paychecks, and we're getting a little frustrated. It's time for the fact checkers to be here, and it's time to let people know what's really going on, which is why the Bidenomics is broken campaign is still going on to let everyone know about the truth about the economy. And you can be part of it. You can help out any way you want to, whether it's knocking on doors in your community, whether it's helping make phone calls, financially supporting your local chapters of Americans for Prosperity, or just being out there talking to your friends and family and neighbors about what's really going on. But it's time to bring some truth, reason, and common sense back into the economy. And that's what's going on with Americans for Prosperity. They are the country's largest grassroots organization with chapters in every single state and over 4 million advocates nationwide. For more information on how to help out with the Campaign for Truth or to get the information just to take it to the streets and talk to people about it in your community, go online to americansforprosperity.org, americansforprosperity.org. You can also follow on all their social media sites at AFPHQ, again, AFPHQ on social media. Help reignite the American dream by calling out the failed Biden economic policies and do it with Americans for Prosperity. All right, we've covered a lot of ground. We have the Speaker of the House vote that we want to touch on. We have the ongoing issue with Israel on right now and uh, some more, but I want to get it with our next guest. I'm really happy to have this guy on the program for our latest with uh, Let's Go to the Hoosier Media Hotlines. Let's go to the Hoosier Media Hotline. As I'm excited to have him for the first time on our weekend syndicated program, we've had on many times during our weekday program, but he is the author of numerous different books, including The DNA of Democracy and Shadows of the Acropolis. Excited to have on here Richard Lyons. Richard, how are you, my friend? Oh, great, Andy. Great to hear you. Yeah, it's so good to chat with you, my friend. Before we talk about some of these issues, do you have any thoughts with what's going on right now with Israel, this massive attack on the Gaza Strip? The Iranians, the Palestinians doing this massive air raid, land raid, sea raid, uh, injuring thousands, killing hundreds, taking people captive. It seems like a mess, and it sounds like this could escalate pretty quickly. Well, I think it's um, rather directly related to the $6 billion uh, Joe Biden just sent to Iran. Yeah. I mean, I mean that's funding. How much did this cost? And yeah. if, it, if it approximated $6 billion, uh, I was listening to your uh, very funny um, tax uh, uh, ad, <laughs> but and, no, but that's true. It's our money, yeah, and uh, why why any conscious American would send uh, a nihilistic regime like Iran that kind of money to spend to brutalize a fellow democracy and a just country is beyond me. And I, I just wrote an article, and it will appear somewhere soon, uh, about our government now, Andy, if you look at it, it seems like it's run by our enemies. Uh, funding Iran's uh, terrorist activities, allowing our border to be open, allowing fentanyl to be streaming in and killing 100,000 people per year. I mean, these are things that an enemy would inflict upon us, but we do it. So I, yeah. I really don't understand what the rationale is for for any uh, person who has any love for Israel, and it includes our whole Jewish population, why any single one of them would ever vote for a Democrat. when they haven't done, concerning. They haven't done one good thing for Israel since Jimmy Carter. 
Yeah, that is very true. And it, we've been aiding Iran for a while, obviously, with leaving massive amounts of resources back there when we pulled out of Iran just a few years ago under the Biden regime, a disaster of a pullout that we had there to, like you said, the six billion that we just sent over there for releasing some of the refugee or some of the hostages that they had for us, giving it to them. We had Joe Biden come out and speak earlier talking about his support and we'll give Israel any type of resources that they need and we're supporting them and they're a great ally. But it's really it's really hard to believe him that they're going to do everything possible when we've set up the scenario for Palestine and for Israel to or for Iran to do what they're doing right now. Yeah, I I perfectly agree with you. That's all lip service. But on the ground, they are making advances against Israel. It's like when Mayorkas comes out and says, oh, I'm going to build I'm going to build the wall. And then they ask, well, how much? Oh, 20 miles. It's a 1,200-mile uh, border. He's talking about 20 miles. It's lip service in order to placate uh, someone who's complaining. Uh, but it's really it's insulting, Andy, the way I look at it. That they, It's what? insulting. Yeah. Why do you think that uh, Israel was so caught off guard on this one? Because all the news reports, at least the media, which the media is no friend of Israel, so maybe we're getting the biased interpretation here, but everybody's saying that they were caught off guard with this. I mean, they're always on high alert. They're knocking down missiles out of the sky on a daily basis. Were they caught off guard with this? And why do you think this is as effective as it was this morning? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to assess that because I haven't I haven't heard enough about it. So I would, you know, I would tune in tomorrow to find out uh, the particulars. But, yeah, they are always on high alert. Uh, So, yeah, it's a surprise. Yeah, some of the concern was the weakness that they have in the government. The ongoing attacks uh, against Benjamin Netanyahu, the shaky leadership as they booted him out of office with investigations. He was the only one to unify to bring in a cabinet enough to get votes from every different sect within the country. And the argument is, is that they're using the vulnerability of weak leadership right now as that opportunity to attack. That, I mean, obviously reminds me of us on the home front here where we have yeah. a president that can't make a full-on sentence. We have a vice president that thinks that AI is just a fancy way of saying artificial intelligence. And we have a lack of a speaker of the House right now. We're in a lack of leadership. Like you mentioned, the southern border flooding people in from all over the world. Who's to say that we're not going to see something here relatively soon as well? Well, yeah, I heard a stat the other day, uh, Andy, that 100 known terrorists have gotten into the country and that uh, as many as 10,000 Chinese nationals have used the open border to come into America. They're not here uh, because they believe in free enterprise. They're not here because they believe in their fellow man. Uh, They're here to do mischief. So, yeah, I I would perfectly agree. And again... Here, here we are again. It's a democratic administration. We have standing laws, laws that were passed by both House and Senate and signed into law by presidents, standing laws regarding how to treat the border, what to do with persons who break the law coming over the border, and these are entirely ignored. And nobody says a word about it in the media and it, in, in the mainstream uh, media. Uh, it's just, it's appalling that, uh, you know, we have a, uh, a democratic party that is just off the rails. <laughs> yeah. They've been off the rails for a while. And yeah. right now, I mean, our support, for example, of Israel is on tensions just because of how Joe Biden's handled things. Congress and many progressives that didn't want anything to do with Benjamin Netanyahu last time he came to the country to speak to our Congress and show his, uh, 
yeah. lines that we have. So we're in turmoil here uh, with concerns of the weakness in our political structure right now and the way things that they are. Hopefully we can get ourselves back on track. But the weakness in the I want to say the leadership and while we're trying to rebuild ourselves, is there a concern for things to get a little bit even more extreme? What do I mean by that is are we going to see politicians doing whatever it takes to hold on to their power and their leadership, regardless of whatever that matter may take into their own hands? Because right now, Democrats refuse to allow the next generation to come in. We have Republicans that are trying to figure out what leadership we're going to go with right now. And it doesn't seem like we have a clear-cut direction, but the deep state's in a lot of hurt right now, and they don't want to lose the grasp of power that they've had. Well, I, I think you hit upon the key point of where we are, uh, Andy, a really astute point. There has become such a concentration of power in Washington, D.C., in one city in a country of how many cities? And in that city, all the power has been wrested from represent representative government into the administrative state of government. And so that's in the executive branch. And the reason so many people are, are in arms, whether they're on the right or on the left, is they don't feel represented. They don't feel represented. So if you're a conservative today, you don't feel at all represented by uh, President Biden. And if you were a, a liberal four years ago, you don't feel at all represented by Donald Trump. It's be, because the administrative state has become that powerful. And they were never supposed to be a branch of government. You know, we were right. only supposed to have three, not four. And uh, I, I've heard Vivek Ramaswamy uh, talk about that uh, encouragingly uh, in that it's being recognized that, Jesus, we have a behemoth in here, and it's the, it's the elephant in the room. Yeah, that's kind of the popular message in, among Republicans right now, right? Because Donald Trump yeah. started that trying to go after the deep state, the third, the fourth branch, that administrative state and the government. And then you're right, Vivek was the only one on the campaign trail right now outside of Donald Trump that's actually advocated for that as well, was shutting down things and dismantling that administrative state, which I see almost as near as possible because I've never seen a government agency go away once it's been established. But if we're <laughs> able to do that, we have Vivek advocating for that. We have Trump coming out with his Agenda 47 saying that he wants to dismantle the Department of Education when he gets back in there. Those are some hefty tasks, and I think that's a very popular message yeah. from Republicans right now. So I want to continue that when we come back. We've got to take a hard break here. We're talking with Richard Lyons at richardlyons.com. He's got some amazing stuff with his books, some playwrights that he has going on, some really cool things. Go check him out. We'll continue this conversation when we come back on our weekend edition for The Voice of Reason. Lots more to get to. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. America's safe space for common sense. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, it is Truth, Reason, Common Sense. That's what we do here on this program each and every day, and it's so wonderful to have you with us. Breaking news. Apparently, we're not just the weekend recappers. We're just the news breakers with all the shenanigans been happening. Uh, sorry, shenanigans and malarkey. Joe Biden would understand it from the malarkey that goes on every weekend now that we're covering here on the show. We're hanging out with Richard Lyons. He is author of the book, The DNA of Democracy, also Shadows of the Acropolis. You can check out his books. You can check out his 
other literature, other pieces of writing, his uh, playwrights, which are really awesome. And I can't wait to see some of these happen as well on his website at richardlyons.com. Richard, this is kind of a broad spectrum question, but we see the political uncertainty of who's going to be Speaker of the House. We have some weak candidates, I think, as on both sides of the aisle, honestly, especially the Democrats without any true leadership right now. We see the rise in quote-unquote hate crimes. We see rising crime in cities all over the country right now because of inflation and the bad economy and because of identity politics or whatever arguments that we want to use here. How weak do you think we are right now, and are we vulnerable for a potential attack right now? Um, I think the Democratic Party is doing enough to injure us that we don't need an attack. <laughs> to be frank, <laughs> I mean, they're the one position to be in. They're, there. they're attacking our country every day, and when yeah. you when you when you talk about the inner cities, I mean, and then, and then this goes back, Andy, uh, to when the Democratic Party applauded, promoted, and gave a free hand to the BLM movement to burn down over 200 cities, to loot and burn them down. And now I I got a stat, I can't remember what the stat is, as to the the amount of money that this pillaging of inner city retail has now cost. And it's, it's in the hundreds of billions of dollars that they promote this idea that gangs of people will enter uh, retail uh, uh, big box stores and just loot everything. And nobody's arrested. They, they stand by while this is going on. Yeah. And when, whenever calls are made for help in any area of a city, I'm from Chicago, and whenever calls are, come into the police uh, from an area of the city, the police don't have good choices. If they go and try and stop a crime and are shot, they might die. If they try and prevent a crime and have to shoot back, they might be charged with murder. So what's the good alternative that the Democratic Party foresees by weakening the guardians of the peace of a community? I I don't understand how any good thing can come from their policies. I can't name a policy of the Democratic Party with regard to cities that's positive. Well, that's why we see the mayor of Dallas right now that flipped sides and said, you know, we need to actually work with law enforcement and I'm going to become a Republican because Democrat policies are destroying these cities. That's why we see uh, different companies like Kohl's and like Target and some of these other ones just leave the city of California because when you make it a misdemeanor for you to steal anything under $950 and it's not even worth law enforcement to arrest you, what's the point of arresting you and businesses can't operate like that? So we're seeing the social experiment from Democrat policies within cities come to fruition i guess the big question is is are they going to continue down that road or finally start to change something which richard i guess they're going to change something because joe biden's going to start building the wall at the southern border now right well 20 <laughs> miles it's an insult that's right it's literally an insult that's like saying okay coles got robbed so you know what we're going to arrest the the persons involved in just that burglary when yeah. there's been hundreds of billions stolen and this is you're talking about the employers of any inner city populations. Kohl's, one Kohl's store, how many people would that employ? A hundred? Two hundred? And you've lost that employment from the city. You've lost the tax base. You've lost somebody occupying that space and taking care of it. It's, it's really everywhere the Democrats go, they leave ruins. And, I mean, Israel is an example right now. Yeah. Right, right yeah. now, today, those kind of ruins. It's, it's I agree. Just shocking. It's a wor- 
we're seeing the ramifications of that leadership happen all across, not just the country, but like you said, the globe right now oh. with this conflict, and it's getting worse. Uh, last couple yeah. seconds here, Richard, but uh, what's the website? Where can people find all of your writings, my friend? Uh, uh, RichardCLyons.com. Andy, great to be with you. I, I always love it. RichardCLyons.com. Go and check out the website. I love all the stuff. We love having you on the show. We'll do it again here real soon, my friend. That does it for us today. Oh, how the time flies right on by. Podcasts are up in just a little bit. We'll continue to monitor and watch this Israeli thing. We'll have some more of that on our weekday program. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. Make your community safer in your local area. That's what it's all about. Don't allow these Democrat policies to take hold. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the radio.